of these verses, first of all, the Bible says that we've been reconciled to Jesus, that we've been received unto favor, and we've been brought into harmony with Him, and that He has given us a ministry. And what is that ministry? Well, the ministry that He's given us is the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And so we see in verse 19 that that ministry of reconciliation basically is letting the world know how good our God is. Amen. That God is not counting up men and women's trespasses against them, but through the blood of the Lamb, amen, and His substitutionary sacrifice, there has been made possible a way of salvation. And you know what? The world does not need to hear a guilt trip. The world doesn't need to hear... uh, uptight preachers or upset church members shaking and pointing their bony fingers at them because of all their sin. That's not good news. They already know they're in bad shape. They already know, you know, that, that uh, they're living wrong. Amen. What we want to do is point them to a place in God where they can be free and that they can be happy in their God. In verse 20, it says this. It says, so then we are Christ's ambassadors. And this is our appeal. We are begging people, imploring people to lay hold of the divine favor offered them and be reconciled to God. Everyone say, be reconciled reconciled to God. God. The gospel is good news. I've got good news for you today. And that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. As soon as my iPad fires up my notes, I'm ready to roll. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. The gospel is not bad news. The gospel is good news. In Romans chapter 10, in verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. This gospel is a gospel of peace. This gospel is not a gospel that will put fear in you. It's a gospel of peace. It's a gospel of nothing missing and nothing broken. But notice here, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And notice... And bring good news of good things. I want you to pay particular attention to that statement. Not only is it the gospel of peace, but there's also within the gospel good news of good things. Good things. Good things. In Isaiah chapter 52, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth glad tidings, good tidings, that publishes peace, amen, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. 
the gospel of good news not only brings salvation into your spirit, but the gospel of good news brings healing to your body. The gospel of good news not only brings salvation to your heart and healing for your body, but the gospel of good news will lift you out of oppression and lift you out of depression. The gospel of good news can make a poor man rich. If you don't have anything, I've got good news for you. The gospel contains all things that pertain to this life and the godliness. It is the good news of good things. God is not opposed to us having things. He is opposed to things having us. Look with me at Luke chapter 4. Notice with me in verse 18. Jesus said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's good news to a poor man? The good news to the poor man is you don't have to be poor no more. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But though he was so very rich, he became so very poor. So that in order that through his poverty, you might be rich. Now, I know that religious people don't like to hear the fact that Christians can be rich. But I'm not preaching to a religious group today. We have not genetically altered the Bible through our opinions or through theologically or homiletically uh, watering down the word of God. It is the will of God for you to have your needs met. But not only to have your needs met, but for you to have surplus so that you can be a blessing to those around you. Now, say this with me. According to the word of God, the gospel is good news of good things. My Bible says this, that no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from those who are walking uprightly. Now understand this, that when you are a seeker of God, he will do good to you all the days of your life. In Hebrews, for example, in in chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Amen? Well, the good news is faith is on the inside of you. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe, number one, that he is. How many of you believe that he is? I believe he is. But not only just believe that he is, but also believe in the second part of the verse that he is a rewarder of those who what? Those who diligently seek him. Will God reward your life when you diligently seek him? Amen. Well, what will he reward you with? I believe this, that one of the rewards that belong to those that seek the Lord, they shall not want for any good thing. And that's found right over in the book of Psalms. It says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want for any, what? Good thing. How many of you know that things are good when they're in the right hands of the right people? Good people who seek a good God can do a lot of good with goods. 
And God never calls things in the Bible when he says, I'm going to bless you with a surplus of goods. He didn't say, I'm going to bless you with a surplus of bads. God doesn't have bads to pour out on his people. God's only got good. If you were to describe good, you would have to say that God is entirely and completely and thoroughly good in every area. God is good. Say it with me. My father father is is good. If you will seek a good God, you will be a recipient of good all the days of your life. The Bible, well, that's what the Bible says. You can't argue with the word, can you? In Hebrews eleven six again, it says, he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those that casually seek him. No, there's a difference between being a casual seeker of God and a diligent seeker of God. Now, how many of you know that God loves the casual seekers as much as he loves the diligent seekers? It's not a question of whether God loves us. I like what Keith Hershey says, God's not mad at us, he's mad about us. So it's not, a, it's not a question of God's love. It's a question of, is do we want to press in to know Him? Do we want to press in to have a casual relationship with Him or a deep relationship with Him and really become acquainted with Him? See, the Bible says this, if we will get acquainted with Him, then great good shall come to us. That's from the book of Job. He says, acquaint now thyself with him, thereby great good shall come to you. Somebody says, well, you're talking a lot about good things. That's because we serve a good God. And you can't separate a good God from good things. Amen. So understand this, that those who diligently seek him are going to be rewarded. What will they be rewarded with? Well, I believe this, as I said earlier, they can be rewarded with days of heaven on earth. How many of you know those are not good days when you can't pay your bills? Those are not good days when you're tossing and turning at night, trying to figure out how things are going to work out. But those are good days on the earth when you seek a good God and you've given your life entirely to God and you see God show up in every area of your life. Amen. It's what Matthew 6.33 says. He says, seek first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. And all these, what? Things. The gospel is good news of good what? See, some of you haven't got on board yet. You know how we do. We just keep hammering in until you get it. The gospel is good news of good things. Hallelujah. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of being and do right. And all these things shall be subtracted from you. Well, you just never know. You serve God. He's just going to rip you off. He might just give you cancer. He might just, you know, cause your kids to get on drugs and overdose. No, not the God I serve. Not the God you serve. Not the God of the universe, not the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's not God. That's the thief. And God and the thief have not swapped jobs. It is the thief that comes to steal. It is the thief that comes to kill. It is the thief that comes to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Oh, glory to God.
Thank you, Lord. They that seek the Lord, they shall not want any good thing. So, the choice is yours. You want to be a casual seeker or you want to be a diligent seeker? As for me and my house, I've chosen to be a diligent seeker. Well, look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. That won't cost you anything extra. Notice this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, who is speaking here? Jesus is speaking. Do you believe the words of Jesus? So Jesus, he goes to the synagogue that day. And he opens up the scroll from the book of Isaiah. And he starts quoting Isaiah. How many of you know that Jesus attended synagogue regularly? Amen. That's a good example for us, right? He said, the spirit of the Lord is what? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Now, the anointing is the presence. It is the power. It is the yoke destroying, burden removing anointing that was upon him. And he was bold to declare it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. Now notice to preach, to preach. So what is being preached here is the word. He says, I'm anointed to preach. There's something about the preached word and the taught word that contains the anointing and contains the power. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen? So the gospel which contains the power, the word which contains the anointing, is only activated to him or her that believeth. Say it with me, I believeth. Say it with me, I am a believer. And I am a receiver. receiver. To everyone that believeth. Not just to the preacher. But to Mark. To Raul. To you. The gospel. It is the power of God. It has in it. Inherent power to heal. Inherent power to lift. The gospel, the good news. It's the power of God unto salvation, unto deliverance, unto strength, unto healing, even unto good things. He said it's the power of God unto salvation. And I like this. To everyone, not just Sue, not just Bill, to everyone that believeth. Amen. So he said here in Luke 4, 18 again. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Does the gospel contain within it the power to heal people That have been broken in their heart. Does the gospel. The anointing. Have within it. 
the power to take a life that had experienced abuse physically, sexually, whatever type of abuse it might be, does that power, can that power go into a person's life and heal them up? There's healing for broken-hearted people. Glory to God. There's healing for people that have been broken in life. Broken. Some ladies are, are broken down by violent men and men of wrong means and men of wrong intentions. They're, they're broken down. But Jesus goes to those that are broken And he says, my gospel is here to make you whole. And then he lifts people because he loves people. That's awesome. Can can the gospel take a mind that was once sane, that has gone insane through pornography? Can the gospel set a person free from the addiction of pornography? Can the gospel set a man or a woman free from the addiction of drugs? You better believe it can. Not only it can, but it will. And it does. And it has. And it will today. Because this gospel is not limited. This gospel of good news. This gospel of the good news is what needs to be preached. And that's why I'm preaching it to you today. Because I'm believing it's going to spill over on you. And you're going to get it. You're going to believe it. And you're going to receive it. And you're going to be lifted. And you're going to be made whole. And you're going to be delivered. And you're even going to get to a place where why would not a good God want me to have good things? It's in the gospel. All right. Hallelujah. Now, Luke 4, 18 again. This gospel, I'm anointed to preach it. He sent me to heal the broken heart and preach deliverance to the captives. Can the gospel set a person free from devil possession? It absolutely can. And recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. I want to talk to you for a moment about the recovering of sight to the blind. I believe that that's twofold. I believe that people that are physically blind when they come into contact with the Spirit of the Lord and the anointing, the ability to make them see is there. But then there's also spiritual blindness. And then additionally to that, there are Christians who once could see very clearly the Word. The entrance of their Word was giving them light, but for whatever reason, they've laid the Word aside and now... It's almost like they're, they're, they're blinded. They, they can't see where they're going. And, and they're just kind of going from pillar to post in life. 
I believe this. The gospel contains within it the restoration and the recovering for people to see the word like they once saw it. And to see it even more clearly and even more wonderfully. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, there are so many pearls. There's so many gems in the word. One of the things that, and the indicators of a person who's lost sight, we could say it this way, they've lost their vision. They've lost vision. There's a, there's a, 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 a despondency about them. And, and one way that you can tell when a person has lost vision and their sight needs to be recovered through the anointing and through the gospel is their words start going south. How many of you know what I mean about words going south? In other words, their words are not in alignment with the gospel. They're speaking of and talking continuously of all that they're going through They're thinking about checking out and dying because life is so difficult. How many know that's a despondent place? But God says the gospel can bring a recovering of sight to those that have lost their vision. How many of you have got a vision for your life? See, the Bible says where there is no vision, and that's not every hand, and I'm not here to condemn anybody. But how many of you know that the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish? When the people can't see where they're going, when when they've lost their way, they start perishing. They start heading south, start going down. But the gospel, it is the power of God. And the gospel can go into the ditches and into the depths of despondency. And it can bring light and it can lift people out. And it can give them a fresh vision for living. Perhaps you've known people that have been suicidal before. It's a very difficult ditch to be in. It's a very dark place. It's a very depressed place. I've known people like that. But I've seen the gospel. I've seen the gospel firsthand go into the depths of that deep depression and of that suicidal spirit. And I've seen the light of God lift them up. Isn't that awesome? And so I want to encourage you today. This gospel is unlimited in its power. This gospel is unlimited in what it can do and will do to everyone that believeth. Say with me, I am a believer. I am a receiver. In Jesus' name. What brings people out of darkness? The good news. What brings people out of sickness and disease? The good news. What brings people out of poverty? The good news. Amen. Now look at me in Mark chapter 24. Mark the 24th chapter. I've made a decision that I'm just going to preach the good news. The gospel of good news. The gospel of good things. Amen. Did you know that when you 
when you get a breakthrough as a dad or when you get a breakthrough as a minister or when you get a breakthrough as a family, that other people can benefit from the breakthroughs you've had? It's true. It's true. This church, for example, has had some really good breakthroughs over the years. I can remember back in 1989 when we were over at Marina High School and we had to to leave Marina High School and and we were kind of in a situation where we didn't have a place to go and and we were looking all over the Bay Area for some place just to have home. At the time we had, you know, eight, nine hundred people. And uh, we found a place over on Royal Avenue. How many of you worshipped with us on Royal Avenue for a number of years? That's most of you. And uh, that place uh, we were in for 17 years, from 1990 to 2007. And for those of you who know, know the story, we put a sanctuary building, 12,000 square foot, on the San Lorenzo School District's property. That's unheard of. For a church to put a building on someone else's property. It's unheard of. Well, the breakthrough came for us that when we left, the school district paid us for that building. Have you ever heard of that before? Have you ever heard of that before? That, that, That someone would actually pay you for a building that's on their property? They paid us about $500,000 for it. Pastor Tom helped me negotiate it. That was awesome, brother. That was good. And so over a period of five years, they paid us just under 100000 every summer until they paid it off a couple of years ago. That was a breakthrough. A breakthrough. But I look back at all the people that joined us in that breakthrough of even being able to have church there and that building there. That sustained us for 17 years. The gospel went forth from not so nice of a neighborhood. But we weren't moved by not so nice of a neighborhood. We were more moved about getting the good news of the gospel out to people. But yesterday, we had our men's meeting here. And uh, Pastor Chris Christopher did a great job. He preached on waking up the mighty men. It was good. And uh, I had to do a house call yesterday afternoon. I went to visit a fellow minister's friend whose wife has been having some difficulties and and it wasn't quite time to go there. I told him I'd be there about 12.30. So I'm sitting over there at Starbucks. How many of you know Starbucks is a good place to wait? <laughs> Amen. So I'm over there at Starbucks and I'm having me a cup of coffee and, and just sitting there and, and just thinking about how good God is. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I'm familiar with this neighborhood. It was down near A Street. And I got to looking about and thinking about all the goodness that God's done for us. And through all of us. And, 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 and I said, you know what? I'm going to go over and I'm going to look at our old building. So I took a little trip down memory lane. I got in my car. Actually, Brenda's car. Because it's cleaner than mine right now. And I, and I went over there to Royal Avenue. And the parking lot was full. And the door to the sanctuary was open. And I heard preaching there Saturday about 12 noon. So I said, I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to go in there. (laughs) And I looked at the building. Man, they had painted it and put a new look to it. And I walked inside the building and it was immaculate. 
they had put some classrooms there and and uh you know he was talking about evangelism the pastor and i had met that pastor maybe 10 12 years ago pastor jesse he's on kfax and uh I just walked right up to him after he was done, shook his hand, told him who I was. Of course, he remembered me. And I got to thinking, yay, God. That's right. That's right. That's yay, God. Amen. Amen. If it hadn't been for a group of people at East Bay Faith Center that said, you know what? We're going to have church regardless of whether we own it or not. We're going to have a place and we're going to put our stake in the ground. We're going to put our money where our mouth is. We got our breakthrough back in 1990, but that breakthrough is continuing right. for another church. That's it. That's it. You see what I'm saying? Because we broke through. They're experiencing that breakthrough in their lives. And they're growing. And God is doing great things. And somehow or another in my spirit, I believe that things that happen there, every good that comes out of there, I believe that you and I have a part in it. You see, friends... When we break through as a church, it does not just, it's not just for us. It's a breakthrough for an area. It's a breakthrough for a region. When you break through in your marriage, come on. If you've had marriage difficulties, if, when you break through and this gospel, which is light and life becomes active in your life, and your marriage gets restored and you get a breakthrough. Don't you know that's going to affect your children? Don't you know that that's a bright witness for your relatives? Well, I thought they were down. I thought they were up. They were down. They were out. But the gospel lifted him up. Listen, friend. Don't throw in the towel. Just because you're going through a difficulty in your physical body. And you're going through tests and maybe going through chemo. And going through maybe the roughest spot in your life. And you feel down. Don't you give up. Amen. This gospel, this good news can lift you out of that disease. Can give you a breakthrough and make you a testimony. Not just for the goodness of God in your life. But it can give hope to people around you that may be experiencing the same thing. What I have been through in my life, in my previous life, it's a witness. It's not about me. It's about a testimony of what God can do with a man, what God can do, and where God can put a person out of darkness into light. And it's wonderful in the sight of God, but it's also a testimony for those that are in the valley right now. Can God do that for me? Will God do that for me? You better believe He will. Because you know what? According to the Word of God, He already has. He's already delivered you. And so mark this down. Temptations, tests, and trials are trying to knock you off your place in God. But if you will hold steady and you will hold fast, and when you get your breakthrough... Others can follow through that hole. Hallelujah. And come on through in their lives. Hallelujah. We overcome now by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of our testimony. 
I know I'm preaching a little long today, but I'm just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up. Whoo, Jesus. Man, if I had a couple more hours, we could shuck some serious corn today. Whoo, thank you. And there's another area that I need to hit on before we have communion. That is this. People experience tragedy in their lives. And, and loved ones sometimes go on to be with the Lord earlier. Amen? Prematurely. But even in that... If you will go through your grief time and come out of that with hope of the soon return of the Lord. And if you will conduct yourself in a manner. Yes, there's grief. But if you will conduct yourself in a manner that is uh, with your head up, you can be a help to other people. I said you can be a help to other people. How many of you know that when the Grief lifts off a person. That's a breakthrough. Yeah, it is. But now you can tell them how God worked with you in the valley and how he lifted you. And you can be a blessing to those that are going through it right now. That's right. Amen. Well, that's a good word today. Amen. This gospel, this gospel, this gospel that I've given my life to. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The gospel really hasn't been preached like it should. Religion has been preached. Rules and regulations have been preached. But that doesn't turn people to God. You know what turns people to God? The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. It leads men and women to repentance.